0: Divine Spirits, and welcome to, this is the second episode of Deepen in the Divine, and this is your host, Scott Kreitza, last name K-R-Y-T-S-A, and you can find me at K-R-Y-T-S-A.com or even Deepen in the Uh So yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you, and for those that are returning, I really thank Thank you for returning, and hopefully you enjoyed the last show, which was a couple weeks ago. So we're doing this every other Friday. It works out with my work schedule that way, so I really appreciate your patience in between. And as always, just wanted to remind folks that you can call in, because what I love to do, interweave some of the talking with some actual live uh, intuitive guidance. Uh, So I literally had a, a reading this morning. With uh, someone that I hadn't been in touch with for a while. It was really beautiful connecting with her. And I'm just really enjoying getting back into doing the intuitive readings or intuitive guidance uh, sessions with people. And uh, that is actually something that I wanted to remind those that are listening today that uh, basically, if you go to my website, krytsa.com, and sign up for the email list or the newsletter, Uh, That's today, Friday, October 20th, 2017, and if you sign up on that date, I will gift you with a free um, 60-minute intuitive uh, session. So I just really want to give back to the community, and that's one way, especially if if you're willing to invest time throughout uh, the next coming weeks or years to read some of the newsletters that come out, which will come out just uh, typically do once a week, try to get it out, usually Sunday morning for you. And usually it's pretty quick, just some updates of what's going on, some thoughts that I might have. It could be links to video blogs or maybe uh, links to other audio that I've done or free downloads. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. And uh, I also just want to mention we've got a a new intro um, song for this show, and it literally is called The Opening. And it's by actually a band that I was in in Seattle called The Course, uh, which is an obvious reference to a course in miracles. So I hope you enjoy that. We'll be playing around maybe with some other d- different intro music, but just wanted to mention that. So on to today's show topic. So today's show topic is is uh, the secrets underlying all religions and spiritual thought systems. Um, you know, when you think about or it's easy to get lost in, I guess, in all the different religions that are out in the world, the different spiritual thought systems or belief systems or practices. Um, But for me, what I have found is that by integrating a lot of the things that I have learned and kind of doing a mix of studying and then a mix of actually experiencing, I mean, I really feel that there a lot of the religions and spiritual thought systems are trying to get to the same thing, the heart of the matter, um, which we'll get into in this show. Um, but um, I just, again, want to welcome everybody to Deepen in the Divine, which is a spiritual community. And this is a community of like-minded spiritual folks who yearn to cut through everything and fall back in love with God. And love to provide um, tools to help us remove blocks to this love. And again, throughout the show, if uh, you want to dial in and, and have a chat um, based on what you've heard or are looking for some intuitive guidance, you can call in at 888 888- 429-5471. Again, that number is 888 429 And the way I like to normally start out um, the show is, I think the way I'm going to be doing this, the format will be doing some sort of uh, affirmation or quote. Probably a lot of quotes are going to come from A Course in Miracles because it is such a dense um packet of material it's got several layers to it in fact i'm just going to reach down here and grab my book go to the placeholder i wanted to go through today and because of where at least i'm at in my life and my spiritual path and and my assumption is and this is where i would love to hear from people but it's come down to realizing that you know all this spiritual stuff, the metaphysical things, which have been great experiences and needed for my path, you know, I'm kind of allowing a lot of that stuff to go away, even though it might still show up or come up from time to time. But that realization, which um, is leading into the topic that we're going to get into today, is that there really only is God. And that everything else in my life or all the other things that I'm doing are just really um masterful distractions that try to prevent me from really joining with god or remembering god or being with god in my mind and there is a lesson uh in a course in miracles this is in the workbook for students section and it is lesson 223 and that is god is my life i have no life but his and i wanted to spend a moment this is a really short um section in the workbook for students. Normally, a lot of the the lessons can be pretty lengthy, but for today, I wanted to actually read the entire section, which is one paragraph, the second paragraph, which is in italics. And that's usually really a prayer that you can say. So I love the fact that we're going to read this uh, as a prayer as well. So lesson 223 says, I was mistaken when I thought I lived apart from God, a separate entity that moved in isolation, unattached and housed within a body. Now I know my life is God's. I have no other home, and I do not exist apart from him. He has no thoughts that are not part of me, and I have none but those which are of him. And then the second paragraph is, is kind of a prayer, and this is really um, a version of the Catholic Our Father, the Christian Our Father, that I love how it's been changed around Uh, through the eyes of A Course in Miracles or the lens of forgiveness, as I like to say at times. And so it is, Our Father, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. For we who are your holy son are sinless. We would look upon our sinlessness, for guilt proclaims that we are not your son, and we would not forget you longer. We are lonely here and long for heaven, where we are at home, today we would return. Our name is yours, and we acknowledge that we are your son. So again, that was lesson 223 from A Course in Miracles. And again, like I mentioned, I kind of see the prayer in this lesson as being an alternate version of the Lord's, or the Our Father, excuse me, um, that I grew up, um, at least I learned a different version of that uh, growing up as a Catholic. And in fact, because of my different experiences and understanding, you know, some of the concepts of how the ego loves to use guilt or the concept of sin, uh, fear uh, to keep us separated from God. You know, I'm, I'm kind of re-experiencing uh, my original upbringing as, as a Catholic, you know, f- through a, a father who was raised Catholic and a mother um, who's Jewish by blood uh, and then converted to Catholicism. Uh, right before I was born, so that's kind of an interesting background there. But um, one of the things that I've learned to do, and this is a, a video actually um, that I posted on YouTube, which you can access again through my my website. Uh, I think one of the blogs that I have on there links to it. Uh, but basically, I've learned to pick up the rosary. Um, this is through a friend of ours when we did live back in Seattle. We live down in the, in the Los Angeles area now. But I was going through some health issues, and she actually um, gifted me with a rosary. And now I actually uh, um, have a different rosary. It's actually an aquamarine rosary. But I started praying the rosary um, basically for a couple days just, you know, with the intent of of having some understanding of the health issues that I was going through and how I might basically heal myself or, you know, receive um, – basically healing thoughts or prayers or uh, invocation from Holy Spirit or from God. And what I received pretty quickly in the process is that, you know, I, I can stop praying the rosary the way the Catholics pray it, and that it was okay to basically change things around. And so, I decided, you know, when the Our Fathers come up, I, I changed it to, um, of course, Miracles Lesson 223 prayer, that version of the Our Father, um, I changed up the the Hail Mary portion of it because, and I'll talk about this towards the end of the show, just I've had a pretty strong relationship with Mary Magdalene in the last couple of years, especially the concept that she was an enlightened and ascended master with um, his, her historical husband, Jesus, or Yeshua. And so I've changed the Hail Mary to reflect more of her energy her ascended master energy or her enlightened energy. Um, And maybe that's something I can go over in another show, which I won't get into. But this is an example I just wanted to bring up of, if you want to return your mind to God um, in a basically loving way, a way that doesn't reflect fear or guilt, which God does not recognize. So my understanding is if we come to God, basically, with fear, with guilt, with doubt, with judgment, especially judgment of others or judgment of ourselves. It's almost like we've cloaked ourselves in some dark black cloaking, and God really doesn't recognize that. God doesn't recognize anything other than himself, herself, itself, and that is really just pure love, pure joy, pure peace. And so this has been a big awakening in my eyes and really a kind of a, a new understanding of what you know some of the laws that that Jesus or Yeshua um, had said, especially recorded even in the New Testament or some other thought systems, of course, miracles. And then even the uh, the Old Testament, you know one of the the commandments, "Thou shalt not have any idols before God." I mean, to me, that's I think the way I was raised that meant, oh, well, you shouldn't have golden calves or uh, you know, burn animals or kill animals for god which yeah is definitely part of it but i think it's it's an even broader deeper level than that which is holding anything other than god in your mind that's a commandment or a choice really uh the john steinbeck book east of eden i love the concept that the ten commandments were discussed the word timshell wasn't a command it was more of a choice thou mayest you know thou mayest um have the lord god above all things um Because that's the choice that we're in every day of our lives. Um, I think that's where we all struggle with, honestly. You know, there's so many things out there that um, can prevent us from remembering what we really want or who we really want, which is God in heaven. Uh, But before we really dive into today's topic, I also want to include into our biweekly radio show here just a moment of gratitude and as I say, my my moment of gratitude, you know, feel free to kind of close your eyes if you're not driving or doing anything. Or even if you are doing something, you can think about something that you're grateful for in this moment. Because I do feel at least the energy of vibration of gratitude, especially if it's directed towards God, is another way to sort of dismiss all the other ways of thinking and really align yourself with the divine, with God. And so for me, I am grateful for all the reminders to drop judgment and see God in everyone, and I'm grateful that I'm now understanding that all I want is God, even while I appear to live a normal life in the world of bodies. So that's what I'm grateful for uh, for today and every day, I'm sure, but well, those will be changing up. Again, as another quick reminder uh, before we jump into the topic, if you want to dial in and receive some intuitive guidance today, that number is 888 429 Okay, so we'll jump into today's topic, which is the secrets underlying all religions and spiritual thought systems. And so the way I figured I would like to approach this is just kind of talking about first religion. Um, I've already mentioned, you know, I grew up Catholic, which is a part of Christianity, uh, which uses mainly uh, scripture, the Bible, as well as, uh, you know, to be quite honest, some made up traditions along the way, um, as certain ruling classes um, had say over what was uh, left in or taken out of the Bible or the scriptures, uh, which we're seeing, you know, some different perspectives that were unearthed at Nag Hammadi um, several decades ago, in which I think a lot of people are still digesting and trying to understand what that means or how that could. Changes some of the traditional scripture or Bible texts, um, but you know one thing that I notice hanging out with other folks that happen to be Christian or having the Catholic upbringing that I had, you know I really do appreciate the fact that um, there is emphasis al- around you know well how did Jesus act uh, what how is God love, um, and I think you know they're they're partially right in that. Sometimes mimicking how someone acts can help. But what I think is really powerful and is left out of a lot of Christianity is they're leaving out the mind part, the part of what what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Um, and that's where, you know, we go into Buddhism, even some Hinduism and get into metaphysics. I think the rest of them really understand the power of thought. I mean, I think Christians understand the power of prayer but to me, to be honest, I haven't run into a lot of people. I'm going to just say the majority. There's always exceptions, but the majority seem to be coming from a place of either guilt or fear when they prayed or when they thought about God through the Christian lens. You know, it was about have you, you know, taken Jesus on as your savior, you know, like externalizing Jesus or externalizing the Son of God. You know, basically, essentially perpetuating the idea of separation, which is something that A Course in Miracles strongly addresses, which is uh, ending the concept of separation. But Christianity is very much a dualistic thought system in practice, because it, it basically says God is out there, is separate from us, although we might, if we're humble enough and good enough, you know, we may be under his good graces, but he's out there, he's not within us is what I've taken away from it. Of course, other people have had different experiences. I do understand that. But that's been the majority of what I've seen and what I've experienced through that process. And so they also have, tend to come from a place of using guilt, fear, or judgment to sort of keep the flock in line, uh, to remind people that if they're not giving enough, they're not good enough, or that they better you know, provide money to the church to keep it running. And granted, those things are necessary, but I think that um, there's a way to do it without basically um, utilizing fear or guilt as a tool, to be honest. Um, And that's where, you know, as I've taken my journey, I'm kind of of following the path that I've been on personally. So jumping from Christianity into Buddhism, uh, what I loved about studying Buddhism and meditation through Buddhism is that it is all about the mind and contemplation and really determining right action you know through the attainment of compassion happiness and peace especially at the mind level but once again i think that they're partially right you know maybe maybe a lot of these religions and thought systems they get you like 75% of the way there 80% of the way there but they still keep some foot into duality, some foot into believing in the world of bodies even though buddhism is you know, understandably preaches or not preaches, but I guess indoctrinates the idea that the world is an illusion. What it doesn't do is it it doesn't bring God in. I mean, occasionally I've heard the Dalai Lama talk about God, um, some of the lamas, um, and but basically, predominantly, if you read the texts, um, the Buddhist texts, that you know they don't specifically advocate um, a God or the God. It's really more about you know having control of the mind and getting into a space where you be, your mind becomes one with the universe. And again, that's still separation because until you join your mind uh, with God and heal your mind so that you're able to join with God and for him to take the last step, you're still only partially getting there. So still, my opinion, love Buddhism, it was a great stepping stone, but still believes in in duality and and I and still perpetuates the idea of separation, especially from God. Now Hinduism is really interesting because it it really does talk a lot about mind and God that God is the truth, um, but it also perpetuates you know you must follow the Vedas you know those you got to learn them you have to follow them and if you don't then you're probably not gonna achieve or attain this god levelness um but you know it's definitely still getting closer but it also buys into authority and at times i think it buys into an externalized experience of a god of vishnu um and some of the other gods that that come up through hinduism which is another idea of separation you know the idea of more than one god um it, again yeah just i don't want to keep going on I don't want to like be negative towards religion because I'm definitely acknowledging gratitude towards everything that I've learned. But again, I, I think if ultimately you want to set your mind uh, to God and learn sort of the secrets of religion and spiritual thought systems to achieve, achieve that, you also have to understand the state of where everything's at, for sure. And so for me, that, that next progression went into the world of metaphysics the new age world, science of mind, uh, spirituality. You know, I think, um, in that world law of attraction is, is a pretty big thought system, um, mixed in with, with doing some sort of affirmation, you know, being positive, having a positive mind, which gets into sort of more of the Buddhist mind training philosophies, um, focusing on the positive, um, and You know, this is also, you know, it's basically acknowledging that our minds are powerful, which is very true. We, our minds are part of God. Um, It's just that we typically choose to miscreate all the time. Uh, And that's typically through um, the idea that we are separate from God and that we have to somehow find fulfillment outside of God. And that's typically through career, finances, relationships, relationships. Um, and this is where you know I want to be delicate and careful here because I'm clearly someone that appreciates all of those things, values those things. I prefer to have happy experiences while um, I'm in career, while I'm uh, with within relationship. Um, but that world is still predominantly kind of in that dualistic thinking, still thinking like, well, yeah, God, there is only one God. Um, God is one. We are all one. And then there's this but. <laughs> and the but is but, you know, it's, that's pretty hard to achieve. So while we're here, we might as well basically develop our gifts, which is something I do want to teach people. But I think if, if you want to develop your intuitive gifts, um, develop your psychic gifts, I think if it's in the mindset of helping people heal and directing them back to their creator – then that's a great tool to use. But if it's, you know, using a lot of these concepts to basically distract ourselves, um, it's all well and good, that's fine. I distract myself all the time. I just know that every time I do that, I'm just simply delaying my um, notional, you know, time-wise, the return back to God, back to heaven. Um, and, you know, I have to be learn to be gentle with myself and not judge myself and not be guilty or, or judge other people, because our, in order to function in our world, um, we, we pretty much have to be distracted a lot of the time. You know, the majority of us have some sort of a day job where we earn an income so that we can afford food, shelter, um, and usually in the United States, uh, some form of entertainment or way to try to fulfill our lives that seems um, empty for a lot of people, quite honestly. And so, again, I, you know, I have I still am neck deep in the metaphysical world, the, the, the science of mind world, the new age world. But I also have realized that um, those can be a distraction as well. And I have to be really careful um, with how I view things with my mind and how I choose to use my mind when engaged in activities, especially if it's around law of attraction and like, oh, I want this kind of a job or I want... Um, this sort of an experience when I'm interacting with a group or someone, um, if I don't return it back to God, then I'm just sort of believing in the idea of um, bodies, of dualism, of separation. And that led me to really um, something that just has stayed with me every day, especially since I read this wonderful book by Gary Renard called The Disappearance of the Universe, And that is a book where he is visited by uh, two ascended masters that you'll later learn if you haven't read the book that one of the ascended masters is Gary in his next lifetime. But they really, once I understood what A Course in Miracles really was and what the world really was and how to use A Course in Miracles or forgiveness as a formula to basically enable my time to shorten so I can join with God fully and with full knowledge. Uh, I've been using A Course in Miracles or practicing it, you know, almost every day since then. And that was um, 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And so for me, what I found to be truthful, and I'm speaking for myself right now, is that A Course in Miracles is completely non-dualistic. Even though it talks about the ego, it talks about, the world that we're in, it is always reminding us that really there is only God and that we are all the sons and daughters of God. And until we look at others as a wholly healed spirit or son or daughter of God, then our mind is still fractured and splintered. It's still separated. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit, who's the voice and healer of our mind for God to help us heal and practice forgiveness, to undo this false reality that we think we're in. Because if all there is is God and God is love, then the things that we see with our, our, our body's eyes must be false. And so we go through a process with A Course in Miracles, which is why there's a, the workbook um, for students section, it's 365 lessons. I highly recommend if you feel a calling to practice this work that you um, really do the workbook lessons. And the only rule around it is that you you don't do more than one lesson a day. And the rule doesn't say, oh, in order to do this correctly, you must do all 365 lessons in a year. Um, for most people, it takes a lot longer than a year to go through the workbook lessons for the first time. I know for me, it took um, almost two years to do that. Ah, uh, the second time I did it, I was able to do it exactly in a year. just following. there's lots of programs that you can join uh, communities um, that will help you get through it in a year. But the first time I did it, I needed I needed some space. I needed to there's some heavy stuff in there because it's really retraining your mind. You know there's I think it's in uh, text, I believe it's chapter two or yeah, chapter two, you know, the course simply states that this is a course in mind training. Ah, uh, it's sort of like the course is your yoga, <laughs> taking you through Jedi Knight training, and sometimes you need a break. You know, Luke Skywalker. Some of sometimes it was just too much, and he was like, ah, I can't, I can't take this right now. I, I need a break, or I need to go save my friends. You know, he had to go back into the world, come out of training, and go back into the world, which is exactly why the course was written. It wants you to be in the world practicing forgiveness, um, because you can sit and meditate in a cave for decades. And I believe in the Buddhists have um, allegories about this. But if you come out of the cave and the first interaction you have with another person, you overreact and judge them or get angry, then you know you haven't really learned how to heal your mind yet. And so that's why if you immerse yourself in the world, you're going to get plenty of opportunities to practice forgiveness and to remember that whatever you see around you, whatever creates an upset, anger, fear, guilt – that's they're just all symbols of things that you you could heal if you choose to and so that's why for me i found that a course in miracles was really really it i mean basically there's only god and this is a path to achieve your oneness your knowledge of being one with god in heaven and probably a lot faster fashion than some other methods um but you know I think there's a reason why there's so many, what appears to be so many different people um, on this planet or in the universe, um, once we have knowledge of that, uh, is that because those are all different pathways back to God. And that our ego is just kind of working through a a game simulation over and over again through each one of us to try to figure out, can I really create and be apart from God? And uh, eventually it'll come to the conclusion, no, because eventually especially those of you that are listening to this, realize I really want to return to God. I don't want to be part of the simulation. And I'm going to learn my own way, my own path back to God. And again, our minds are powerful and we can create anything we think of. Um, The problem is that our mind isn't healed. So we typically miscreate, like I said before, versus creating with God. And so that's where anytime we're upset, you know, of course, a miracle says, you know, basically uh, one of the forgiveness principles is if you're upset uh, and you don't w- want to feel this way, you know, you can choose peace instead of this. You can release this to God, to the Holy Spirit to heal, because there's a lot of things that you are you go through or experience that are going to be really hard for you personally to heal. And that's where I think, you know, like the the 12 Steps program, get you know, they've gotten some things right. And one of them is release Release your your addiction to a higher power. You can do that with everything. Release your anger to a higher power. Release your guilt to a higher power. Release your fear to the higher power. And let that power heal and transform the best way for you and for those around you. Because you, at your little you level, have no clue how to do that. <laughs> I know I don't. I've tried. I've tried many times. Um, you know, especially to be honest, when I started out, you know, down the new age path, the metaphysical path, and I would learn new things, I'd learned Reiki, you know, I was all, my chest was all pumped up and out. I'm a Reiki master now. Um, But eventually, as I started practicing, there were some people I could help and some people I couldn't. And I started to wonder why. And eventually, I I figured out why. And that's because my I myself wasn't uh, healed completely in my mind. And I think even if my mind was completely healed, that doesn't mean I can he- I could heal everybody. Um, I'm guessing, I'm imagining that there may have been folks that even Yeshua and, in my belief, his wife Mary Magdalene couldn't heal because those people were not ready yet in their own minds. That basically healing might have induced more fear, and so they, re- you know, rejected it. And maybe eventually they accepted it. But I, you know, I can no longer be responsible for how other people think in their own minds and allow healing in their own minds. But one thing that I do know, um, well, intellectually, <laughs> that I'm I'm really trying to understand more of these days is that total reliance on God is strength and it's not weakness. And quite honestly, uh, this is a new concept for me. Like I've heard this before, but to really apply it and practice it in daily life. um, uh, I'm really having to retrain a lot of old and quite honestly bad habits, (laughs) especially as someone, you know, uh, quite honestly, I'm an engineer. That's my day job. And so you can imagine maybe some of the programming I may have had about being right or um, how to work through problems and not ask for help. So <laughs> there's definitely a lot of forgiveness opportunities for me personally. So again, this concept of relying on God for everything, I do believe that someone like a and his wife, Mary Magdalene, that they had total reliance on God, that they realized they could not do anything without God. They could not be anywhere without God. And that without god's guidance and without god's help they wouldn't have been able to accomplish the healing that they did the miracles that they were able to perform the oneness that they probably felt which i definitely explore in a novel that i'm writing that i'm hoping will come out early next year called masters of love um but in it it was interesting to write this book especially to write it from their first person perspective which scared the heck out of me because i thought well who am I to write from their thoughts? they the way that they thought or how they saw the world. And eventually I got over that fear and I started to do it. I released the the need that I had to be 100% accurate because there's no way that I could be because I wasn't there. I know that for a fact. I may have been briefly around Mary Magdalene if I believe, you know, believe some things that I've heard about past lives, but I definitely wasn't part of that gang you know, the apostles and the friends that they had and the people that attended uh, on a regular basis. But I do believe that as they walked around and they trusted less and less their physical eyes so that they could see with their spiritual eyes. And what that meant was as they looked at what appeared to be separate people, separate bodies around them, they looked at them as their sisters and their brothers in spirit. And that all of these apparently separated bodies were really spirit with God in heaven and that they would do this every chance that they got and especially you know when Jesus was on trial and crucified uh, I think Jesus was demonstrating that he wasn't affected by all of it but then his wife Mary had to really practice forgiveness and see all of these people around her as spirit not react like someone normally would react if they saw a loved one being beaten tortured and then you know killed murdered especially nailed to a cross so really it's it is all about mind training and practice and when it comes down to it it's mind training and practice in literally every moment that you don't feel peace that you notice you're judging that you notice you're in fear or in anger and of course you can go back to those moments later and forgive later uh heal you know at hand those over and ask for healing but to be honest, my experience has been that forgiving in the moment is really powerful. I, The way I felt it is that it's almost like um, you can go back in your mind and, and forgive it later, and that's kind of like peeling away a layer of the onion covering who you really are. But if you're really in the moment, fully there, um, I, and I wouldn't recommend this if you're in a life-threatening situation, but like, you're, if you're in a situation where someone's angry at you or you're angry at them and you really think and apply this mind training forgiveness practice, that takes away many layers, in my opinion, because you're right in the middle of it. The emotions are there. You're peeling away emotional layers. You're peeling away layers of the mind level. Um, and you're really acting through spirit. If you can bring love into a situation where there isn't love, then God will God can see you in those moments. And the more your light is lit like that, the easier it will be for God to take the last step and bring you into the bosom of heaven. So I know I've, I've talked a lot about um, at least my thoughts or thinking around the secrets underlying religion or thought systems. Um, but I just want to remind you know anyone that's out there listening, uh, if you are have some issues going on in your life, it could be career, relationships, um, your spiritual path, and you're looking for some sort of intuitive guidance, you can call in and talk to me live at 888-429-5471. That's 888-429-5471. Okay. And so what I... I'd like to do also in in these shows is is be able to provide some sort of, again, a spiritual tool to help those on their path. Um, And like I said earlier in the program, you know, any of these things that we see in our our world could be used as a weapon or as medicine, you know, a poison or medicine. Um, You know, like fire is a great symbol for that. It could be used to destroy or it could be used to hold like a sacred ceremony. Um, and I think that's true with any of like the new age or metaphysical tools that we can learn, you know, whether it's Oracle cards, um, learning to channel, uh, learning to be more intuitive, um, you know, learning to tune in any of your sentient um, <laughs> abilities like clairsentient, au- sentient um, clairvoyant, the voyancies. Um, and I don't know why I need to speak to this, but this just came up to me. You know, recently I've seen Doreen Virtue have a huge experience. She basically has gone through and and has seen Jesus. She saw Jesus earlier this year and just had this life-changing moment and realized, hey, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing distracts people from God, which I think is brilliant right on. I feel like she's really tapping into something Um, But I know she was also guided to like get rid of like or at least request that people don't buy certain Oracle deck cards that she used to make. Um, I think Hay House is taking them down. And, you know, in my mind that, uh, you know, she's clearly following her guidance and I love her for that. Kudos for that. But I also feel like you can allow everything to be as is and just be able to utilize everything. Um, as a way to return back to God or return your mind back to God. I mean, it could be something as simple as a pencil. You could be thinking about, I need to write uh, or sketch you know, something um, for somebody or write a, a note in pencil and but not think about God, whereas you can look at this, a pencil, and go, hmm, I could write to someone and I can hold God in my mind while I write to this person. So to me, you know, There's probably moments where you need to shed things for sure, but I would just like to caution people from perpetuating the idea of separation when you can still include things and use it in your work to return to God to heal your mind. And so what I thought I would like to do, especially if there are no calls coming in, I wanted to talk a bit about um, channeling, and I'm honestly not sure – if I'm going to demonstrate that, I've been purposely not doing channeling for several years now. I started channeling literally on January 1st, uh, 2007. I, just, uh, was, I had a friend who was into it, um, experienced how sh- she had been able to do it, and I just kept getting this urge and calling that I really needed to, to channel. And eventually, literally... Um I woke up the morning of January 1st, 2007. I had this huge urge that I needed to say something. I sat up, sat in a cross-legged position, and um I was on the floor already, and I just started speaking. I don't even remember what I said, but I just felt like there is this um bigger part of me that wanted to speak, and it felt very loving. It felt um like it was part of the frequency, I guess, that I was kind of working in at the time. So I, I didn't feel like I needed protection at the time, even though I do that now. Um, and I would later learn that this was my higher self coming through. And again, because I'm an engineer trained, like scientist type guy, even though I was not working as an engineer at the time, um, I think that my higher self gave me some proof that I needed that this was, I wasn't making this stuff up because I literally felt within, or I guess outside of my body. It was like within my body, but I felt it um, expanded outside my body because it was like this 12-foot tall energy that was sitting cross-legged like I was. But I could literally feel the fingers were like three times my thickness and at least twice, probably two to three times as long as my fingers, huge. And I felt like the head was towering above me just sitting cross-legged like in me and that was the only time I had that experience was that first time I started to channel every time after that I felt um just this loving wonderful presence um, that would come in as I said the invocation prayer which I think I've meant I might have mentioned on my blog site uh videos on that I do believe that setting intention um, setting protection and intention is, is very important, especially if you're just starting to learn these tools and to start playing with different energies and not really knowing or understanding all the different levels, even though we're, it's, you know, it's a false set of levels because in God's world, there are no levels. They're just as God and that's it. But if we're still playing in this world, we're still, you know, have both feet in this world for now, I I do think it's important to understand some of the rules. And the reason why I wanted to talk about channeling um, on today's show and not demonstrate it, I think I'm pretty clear on that. I'm not going to demonstrate it today. Um, it, it was a good stepping stone for me. It was a great learning. Um, the ability to embody your higher self and feel the difference is very good learning. Because now I have a sense and I know the difference between, especially when I'm caught up in my ego mind or my negative mind and how it feels in my body, how my mind feels versus when I'm intentionally connected with my higher self. You know, I think the reason why I decided I didn't need to channel anymore is because I just embodied that energy, that thought system more and more. So then I didn't have to make it into some grand uh grandiose experience i guess or to you know to try to instill awe in other people um because i i kind of feel like now it's sort of like that was my ego needing to kind of do that and like get responses from people or to get them to kind of go ooh, you're doing something cool and different that i can't do which i, I do feel that everybody can channel um, i would just again recommend setting protection and intention and I'll go through those steps um, for because I do think it can be helpful for those that just have this calling or yearning to to do this, especially to connect with either your higher self, the Holy Spirit, or with God. This is a beautiful way or a beautiful tool that you can use to do that. And so um, what I've learned by channeling is that there is a greater connection and so I just want to explain briefly that the way I connected with my higher self is it started to speak and it described, first of all, what it was. And my higher self, it did have a name, it was Osrin. <laughs> and some of you that have are listening to this show have probably heard some of the podcasts that I used to do or had a reading from Ozrin when I used to channel and do readings. But the what I took away from this Um, aspect of myself really this higher self aspect is that one it would openly admit and say hey you know even though we might be your higher self we're an aspect of you that is not done we're not complete we are still trying to complete ourselves and return back to God so even though it wasn't even in our third dimensional plane um, you know I think there's a tendency sometimes to like be in awe or Heavily spiritualize like entities or or spiritual energies that are not on our spirit plane and go oh well if they're maybe on the fourth dimension they're they're spiritual they're they're greater than us and it's like no until you or they or it are completely joined with God they're still part of this world and they're still not something that should be worshipped or should be in awe over again because that should be reserved for God. So I was really uh, appreciative of that understanding because it helped me to not be in awe or to be, like I, I remember feeling, like, oh, I'm so humble and so gr- you know grateful for this connection, which I should, I wish I is a good thing, but I was also sort of like giving my power away to it, like you're greater than I am, and really, I should only have those types of feelings, in my opinion, when I'm with God. And what I also learned about this always run this higher self is that it is a collective which is why when i hear other people channel um when they're using we then to me that's a sign that they really are in tune with with the higher consciousness you know within within our universal experience but not at the god level because the we really does imply that they're they've healed their mind enough that they've been able to heal the splintering of like, again, what I, the way I look at it as, a soul group or a soul community has come together, healed their mind. And now what used to be individuals is now a, a, a one collective and they speak, um, as a collective. So they speak as a we, um, which I found really fascinating. I mean, it's really neat (laughs) to kind of understand how some of the metaphysics of our universe works. Um, You know, I'm sure I'm going to get distracted and, you know, it's like, I might as well learn um, how our universe works rather than maybe, you know, go out and uh, figure out what a six pack of beer tastes like in the moment that, you know, I guess there's levels of better (laughs) in our world. We can't get away from that. Um, But probably the, again, the greatest thing that I learned through channeling was that this was a collective, it was a higher self aspect. And that anytime a problem came up or from either myself or other people, the overall feeling was like, stop worrying about it. It's all okay. It's all good. Like every time I I really wished that people could feel what I was feeling. Um, you know, maybe some people did. Maybe I'm judging that, um, and maybe that's why some people would come back and want to hear more from this collective called Ozrin. But that is something that I was hoping more people could experience was that experience of just everything's okay. It's gonna be okay, Um, especially if you return your mind back to God, return your mind to the Holy Spirit, and ask for healing at that level, Uh, because. I know for me, like, I could feel a difference because I was always very conscious and very present when I channeled, which is something that I would recommend for you as well. If you're intending to channel, I would um, recommend you intend to be present fully as you channel because I do think that sometimes it's a bit showy, to be honest, if the individual just sort of, like, blacks out and just allows whatever to, to channel through them because I know it's possible that for you to be fully present. So that's just, it's an opinion of mine, just sharing that. And so a way that you yourself can basically practice this and try this on your own is, I think, starting out in meditation, just practicing meditating. I would say um, if you can get to 20 to 30 minutes of meditation a day without the urge to move uh, to get up to check emails or social media or the phone, um then that's a really good place to be. I mean, maybe you're not doing that now, and you are feeling called to channel. This is just a recommendation I have. I just I'm a kind of a believer in mind training and following steps and being being careful at times um because at one point, early on when I was channeling, I felt a different energy come in, and it was really big. It called itself teacher, but I did not invite it in. I didn't feel it was malevolent, um, but I just didn't invite it. And I didn't like that it just came in. And so, you know, I feel grateful that I was sort of really deep into meditation at the time and really worked with the course a lot because I was able to just go, no, nope, I can choose differently. I'm choosing something else and didn't invite that energy back. And that's where I was really careful about setting uh, protection And intention. So, just something to keep in mind as well. But after meditating, kind of feeling really good about being at peace, um, quiet, uh, reducing the thoughts throughout your mind, then you can start again by setting protection and setting intention. So, the way that I like to do this is um, I say an invocation prayer, which I'll say right now. And this is, I do this even before every reading that I still do now. And it goes like this I intentionally raise our vibration. We are surrounded by the light because we are the light. I ask that our ego and personality stand aside as we connect with God, Holy Spirit, and then if you know like the name of your higher self, you can say that, or you can just say higher self, or angel, Your my angel self, or I like to say sometimes ascended self. So I'll, I'll bring those energies, the energies that I want to channel in, and I'll say, to allow love, joy, healing, miracles, and information to flow through me. And that's how I end it. And then I just sit quietly. And then for me, I normally feel the energy um, of what I've intended to come in. I can just feel it around my energy system. And depending on uh, what I'm intending, um, for example, like my higher self, Osrin, for some reason, always wants to come in like behind my head, upper right side, It's just where I always connect with that energy for some reason. Um, When I intentionally connect with Holy Spirit or God, I feel it um, both in my crown and in my heart center area. Um, And then for whatever reason, when I've been connecting with Mary Magdalene, the reason or how I know Mary Magdalene is around me is um, I'll feel my right inner ear buzz. And so as you're starting out, just connect with the energy you've intended and just sit and be with it. I wouldn't jump necessarily to trying to speak right away or allowing whatever to speak right away. So I would practice that for at least a week or two weeks at a time. Then you can progress on into maybe if speaking feels really tough, you can start asking questions and then writing down answers. Um, But eventually you could try speaking. I know a good friend of mine, Sheldon Joe, we tried that with him once. Um, He was interested in it, and it's like, "Ah, I'm not sure if I can do it, but because he's such a great meditator, he's so connected, he's able to start speaking. And for most most people, when you start speaking as you're channeling, it just comes in pretty slow, almost like you're stumbling over words or trying really hard to grasp the words because you're kind of like half in this world, half out usually. And so it just really comes down to practicing in that state, you know, just setting protection, setting intention, sitting in the state – and then just practicing, practicing maybe writing, practicing speaking, and being gentle with yourself. If nothing's coming through, then that's quite all right. It's all good. Yeah, so just being patient and gentle with yourself. And again, I think this can be a great tool, especially if you intend to connect with God. Um, that would be the highest calling. Um in my case, I started with my higher self. You know, I learned a lot from it, but I also learned that that wasn't the end-all, be-all. And that that's why I sort of gave it up and gave that practice away. All right. So that brings us really to the end of today's show. I hope you enjoyed the topic. And um, just want to remind remind folks, you can go over to krytsa.com. That's my last name, Kreitza, krytsa.com. Sign up for the newsletter for free goodies. You get free uh, ebook downloads at this point. And if you're on the newsletter, um, you'll actually get more free goodies just by being on the newsletter. Um, but, yeah, I, I just really want to grow this community and strengthen our relationship and love of God, who is love. And so if there's any topics, spiritual topics, um, that you want to address, uh, feel free, again, to go over to my website, Kreitza.com. Send me an email. Send me a message. And um, I'd love to get back with you and also bring something onto the show. And so with that, I just wanted to thank all of you um, wonderful divine spirits for listening in. And we'll be talking to you again in a couple weeks. Take care. Love ya.